At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The biggest games of the football season are coming and Bet Rivers is introducing new parlay features just in time for the playoff push. For your next bet, try a new multi-game parlay and combine bets across games to make your perfect combo. Combine player props, game bets, and even different same-game parlays into one multi-game parlay. Make your parlay today at Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com to place your bet. This is the Los Angeles CityCast with Danielle Alvari, presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome into your Monday edition of the Los Angeles CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. I'm your host, Danielle Alvari. Huge games for the NFL LA teams today. Both of them went to overtime, uh, and neither of them ended particularly happily, if I'm being honest. The Chargers missing playoffs because they lost to the Raiders abysmal just terrible uh there was a lot riding on that game playoffs online for both sides and also the Steelers somehow uh, we'll get into all of that in today's show first things first like I said we're gonna recap LA NFL week 18 that feels nice to say I like that extra week in there 49ers at the Rams first and then we'll get into no you know what no no I'm flipping the script right now. We're going to go Chargers Raiders first and then 49ers at Rams because I have a few choice things to say about this Chargers and Raiders game, as I'm sure everybody did, frankly, after the ending we saw. And then later on, we'll also get into the NBA, of course. I've been loving the NBA lately because for some reason, my NBA record and my NFL record have flipped from last season. So like I have probably mentioned before on the show, I track every single bet that I make. With very few exceptions, there's a couple I don't include if I do something crazy and I deliberately am like, hey, if this really long shot that's just for fun bet that I have no intention of hitting and I have not done any research to believe will hit, that kind of thing. And I'll be like, hey, if this wins, though, I don't get to count it on my balance sheet either. I don't get to count it if it wins. Um, Those kind of wild fun bets, I like to be able to still make those and not have those affect the bets that I put a lot of time and effort into researching. So those would be the only exceptions. They're very far and few between. Uh, But tracking everything as I have last year and this year, the NBA record is killing it right now. And the NFL has just not been profitable for me, really. I mean, this is the first weekend. I think last weekend was the first weekend where I was down in the NFL. And this week I did not bounce back. And part of that is also limiting myself to betting teams that I can really spend a lot of time 
handicapping and that for me because this is the los angeles city cast are the chargers and the rams so those are the games that i'm betting and as i'm sure you're well aware if you've bet any chargers games this season they are tough they're feisty little little suckers trying to cover a spread right now i mean this this season was just so up and down for them and so and even the rams so with that said, uh, I also didn't hit as many teasers as I thought I would so far. I mean, I think I'm just saying this now because we're, you know, week 18. I'm getting nostalgic. But that said, I'm loving the NBA right now. So we are going to talk about the NBA. Lakers, Clippers, both played on Sunday. We'll talk about it real quick. Um, and look ahead to Nuggets at Clippers on Tuesday. That's the next action for those LA teams. And then the Lakers, of course, play Wednesday. But we have a new pod on Wednesday. So make sure, by the way, that you follow, subscribe, like the pod, retweet the pod, share the pod, love the pod, be the pod. But first things first, we always check out the Los Angeles lines available at Bet River Sportsbook. This was a sad one to write down because no more chargers. Ugh. We'll talk about it in a second. The Cardinals at the Rams. The Rams a four and a half point favorite. Total for this game, 50. 50. I hope this game is like that Rams-Chiefs game at the Coliseum a few years ago. I hope it's just just beautiful just touchdown 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 i hope it is um but more likely than not it's going to be touchdown interception interception touchdown <laughs> looking at you matt stafford no chargers on the block no chargers no chargers nba the lakers right now six to one to win the west and 12 to one to win the championship the clippers 12 to one to win the west and 22 to one to win the championship 22 to one also could write that as plus 2200 but 22 to 1. That was 25 to 1, not, not but two weeks ago. So a little bit of drop there. You can find all these odds and more at Bet River Sportsbook. Now then, let's get into this Chargers Raiders game. Sunday night football. Everybody was excited to see this game. There was chatter all week leading up to it. Some of it happened on this podcast where we talked about the scenario that if the Jaguars, miraculously, the two-win Jaguars could, you know, get a win against the Colts of all teams, then the Chargers and Raiders would just need to tie and both teams would get into the playoffs. Seemed hilarious. I didn't even, like, I don't even think I gave this enough time, really. I, I, I did not talk about this at all, hardly, on the pod last week. Uh, when I was on shows for VSIN last week, uh, it was brought up and I said, well, okay, it's fun to talk about, but it's not going to happen. And lo and behold, we got so, so close to this happening. Um, let's just take you back here. I mean, final drive of the game, right? The Chargers have been down this whole game. It is not fun to watch. And Justin, Her Justin Herbert just... Does Justin Herbert things, 19 plays for 83 yards, just fourth down conversion after fourth down conversion, lost track of how many times they did that. If only they would just, you know, the drama of the moment appreciated it. I appreciated the pageantry of it. But imagine if you got those, you know, on second or third down. We don't need to be so crazy. But fourth and 10, fourth and 10, fourth and 10. They just keep working their way down the field. It felt like it took 45 minutes for this final drive to happen. Um, but finally, Herbert to Williams, 12-yard touchdown, tie game. We go to overtime. 
Raiders start with the ball. They have to settle for a field, field goal, of course. I'm actually surprised. I'm shocked at how many points the Raiders scored in this game. That was not in my forecast at all. But then <laughs> I did say that the Chargers defense was going to struggle, um, as they have. They turn around. They also settle for a field goal, which is unfortunate. It looked like maybe Justin Herbert was going to get it done, just carrying everybody on his back. He's just one man. Um great you know we both have a field goal let's run out the clock Raiders you know we both advance F the Steelers uh, because if the Raiders win the Chargers are out and the Steelers are in thanks of course to the Jaguars beating the Colts what a mess on the sidelines before this too Justin Herbert we see him mouthing I have never wanted a tie so bad us too we all wanted it right who wanted to see less Justin Herbert? Not me. Couldn't be me. I wanted to see him in playoffs, not Big Ben. But no. Uh, and then, lo and behold, becomes the biggest subject of discussion after the game, especially on Twitter. Chargers head coach Brandon Staley calls that faded timeout, and everybody lost their minds. It was crazy, the controversy, and I was here for all of it. Um, but unfortunately, I'm one of those boring people who loves to... I love to sit a fence, man. Mm, I do. I really like having, having both opinions, you know, being able to entertain both sides. So I'm just saying one side of it is Staley calling that timeout would have left time on the clock, right? For the Chargers to try to win if the Raiders missed a field goal. He was trying. He said in the postgame presser that he wanted to get the right defensive package in there, um, obviously with the goal of making the field goal as long as possible was the goal but then Raiders you know interim head coach said that they would have punted if Jacobs had not had that run on the third down um actually what he said was I don't know it didn't happen which exactly everybody was talking about this after and I just was like you keep talking about well if this or if that or in like I get it because you want to break down oh it was this close to being this way but it just reminds me of this old Dane Cook joke that was like, when my friend calls me up and is like, hey, guess what almost happened to me today? And it's like, nothing, because it was almost click. Like, that's how I feel when I see this. Nothing, because it was almost. It didn't happen. We don't know. You don't know what the situation was. You weren't there. You weren't in the huddle. You don't know what was going on. Um, and there's been mixed accounts on both sides. Obviously, Staley thought he made the right call. There's people who agree with him and think that he was just trying to buy them some extra time possibly. And then, oh, well, then why doesn't he call it 30 seconds earlier? Um, the bottom line is the Chargers should have won this game way before this. And I know that's like a coach answer to say an oppressor, but truly the Chargers did not play playoff worthy football, especially if you're losing to the Raiders. I'm sorry. I still don't respect the Raiders. I'm sorry, Raiders. I really feel bad about it. Um, but you won on a field goal, Daniel Carlson, 47 yard field goal. As time runs out 35 to 32 Raiders over hits Raiders cover, uh, actually over hit before overtime even, um, and chargers missed the playoffs and the win total goes under win total was nine and a half. They finished nine and eight after starting the season four and one, and they beat the chiefs early in season. Do you remember that? Do you remember those chargers? Uh, Raiders finished 10 and 7 by the grace of the football gods and advanced to the playoffs for the first time since 2016. They are the AFC number five seed. Um, and this is actually kind of cute. It's going to be Derek Carr's first postseason appearance. And he's in his eighth NFL season, you know? 
Uh, and like I said, Raiders first time since 2016, but he didn't play in that one. So kind of cute for Derek Carr, kind of like a first day of school moment, which is nice. Raiders going to play the Bengals, 1.30 p.m. Pacific time, Saturday, January 15th. That's the other thing to consider, too, with this um, whole were the Raiders trying to win it right then or were they going to let it tie? Apparently both scenarios were considered, but do consider as well that um, it changes who they were going to play ultimately based on what was going to happen, right? And so they have the Bengals now instead of the Chiefs. They could have been playing the Chiefs, I guess. Um, so maybe that factors in as well. I don't know. All I know is this this NFL Sunday was absolutely bananas for this to even end up in that this was the scenario we were in. This was like much must-watch television at the end here. Two win Jaguars beat the Colts. All the Colts had to do was win and you're in. I mean, they, that's what they had to do last week too. <laughs> they can't get it done. Um, which opened up the Steelers getting in. Steelers are now the seven seed. They'll face the Chiefs in the wild card round. Um, which, by the way, the Chiefs open as a 13-point favorite, which I thought was very generous. And I can't wait to see this line move fast which is funny because it's a double digit but and frankly it's a playoff game and maybe they get some garbage time points I don't want to touch it but I do think it's funny because the Chiefs only being a 13 point favorite over the Steelers um but all in all just a, just not an exciting not I mean an exciting ending oh my god exciting but not not the ending we wanted I think why are the Colts and the Chargers not in playoffs but the Raiders and the Steelers are you know like even if you don't like Carson Wentz do you like him more than Derek Carr? Even if the answer to that is no, wouldn't you rather see Justin Herbert in playoffs more than Ben Roethlisberger? Yes. That's a universal yes. I'm sorry. I, I also, I'm going to just like pump one of my own things I said after the game, which is I tweeted out that Justin Herbert was basically like given a pack of crayons and they were like, make a masterpiece with this. And the man freaking made the Starry Night Sky. Like he... Chef's kiss. He was great. Justin Herbert deserved better. He deserved to go to playoffs. I will down that hill. He's so much fun to watch, you guys. I can't even. Um, and the Raiders are not that good. That's that's my stance. Fade the Raids. Um, for example, their last four games, they won by two, by four, by three, by three. Which means they're the first team in NFL history to end the regular season with four straight wins by four points or fewer. That's so mid. That's so average. That's it just, and maybe I'm being salty here, but I'm not even like a Chargers fan, you guys. Like, I'm here to give you facts about these teams. Um, and I just think this was such a sad way for the Chargers to end. But I also don't think that it doesn't make sense. I also think it makes sense, I guess, is a non-double negative way to say that. If we take a look at this, this is exactly what the Chargers strengths and weaknesses have looked like for weeks now is justin herbert 34 of 64 64 passes my poor sweet boy uh 383 passing yards three touchdowns and one interception you had three touchdowns the last time these two teams played austin eckler only 64 rushing yards they didn't have a ton of rushing yards last time they played either um the Raiders offense, I mean, Carr went 20 of 36, 186 passing yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. Josh Jacobs, 132 rushing yards. Problematic. Chargers defense allowed 174 net rushing yards. That's not new. 
right? Like issue, same issue week after week after week. And it's something they're going to have to address now next season. At least we know that. At least we know exactly, like I've said before, where the hole in the ship is. So like, let's plug that up, right? Um, to the, you know, Chargers or the Raiders, I don't want to say credit, really for the, the Chargers credit, I guess, Herbert's credit, the Raiders defense allowed 355 net passing yards. That is an indictment on their secondary, of course, but it's more, I think, a singing endorsement of Justin Herbert. So at least there's that. We know that piece of the puzzle works. Um, also, <clears throat> 10 penalties for 108 yards? No. No. Uh, Raiders only had four penalties for 38 yards, but 10 penalties for over 100 yards on the Chargers side. And no one's talking about that because we can't stop talking about the timeout. I get it. Um, but it's sad. It's sad that we're done talking about the Chargers um, because they were kind of a fun team to watch. This offense is so much fun to watch. Um, and just very obvious fixes that need to be done for next year. Um, all that to say, we'll do a better complete wrap-up of the Chargers season probably on Wednesday. I'm looking into having a surprise guest. So TBD on that. I want to give him time to see if he has time to come on or not. Um, but if he does, then he works for NFL Network. So he will be coming on to discuss the Chargers and the Rams season. So look forward to that, hopefully. Um, speaking of Rams, another overtime game. Earlier in the day, before I knew that I was going to have such a stressful evening game, 49ers at the Rams. The Rams were a four-point favorite, four and a half, depending on what number you got. I think it opened at five and a half, so a lot of different numbers floating around there, but it doesn't matter because they didn't cover any of them. The 49ers cover the overhits. The Rams lose in overtime 24, or excuse me, 27 to 24. And how did they lose? What's the final play? If you had to guess, yeah. Matt Stafford interception. SF rookie Ambry Thomas picks off Stafford to end the game, send the 49ers to the playoff for the first time in two years. 49ers complete the comeback down 17 to zero. And it ends on a Matt Stafford interception. You can't, that's, you can't write poetry better than that. Uh, it was the 49ers sixth straight win versus the Rams. And this is what we were talking about leading up to this game. It was this thing that is, I mean, it's probably handicappable, but uh, you'd have to do something that I didn't want to do. Uh, but we were talking about how the 49ers have the Rams number. They have the Rams figured out. Um, and that's more of a Shanahan versus McVeigh probably thing that you would look at there. Um, but this is what we're talking about. Six straight win versus the Rams. And more to the point, uh, this comeback, right? Especially against this Rams team. Because we know that the Rams have never lost a game in which they lead at halftime under McVay or really, I mean, in the last 45 games, 45 and 0 since 2017, never lost a game. They were leading at halftime. So that in and of itself is shocking. If you think about it. Um, and the 49ers won eight of their last 11 games, you know, um, according to Elias Sports Bureau Research, the 49ers' 17-point rally tied the largest comeback in a season finale to wrap up a playoff berth since 1990. Joining the 1993 Raiders, who also came back from down 17 to beat the Broncos in overtime to seal a postseason bid. So, incredible. 
Incredible comeback they mounted. Over the past 20 seasons, the Niners were 3-91 and 91 when facing such deficits. Because, of course, wouldn't we all be? Um, and that includes the postseason. So, really did the unthinkable. But it almost didn't it's, – it's weird to say now because even though I know what I know about, oh, the Rams never lose when they lead at halftime, it didn't feel that way in this game. It felt like the sand was slipping through the Rams' fingers and the 49ers were just – chipping away at it can we talk about jimmy garoppolo by the way any excuse to frankly um because have you seen his face but also i'm sorry i shouldn't shouldn't objectify the quarterbacks uh torn thumb ligament for jimmy g uh and still led the niners on an 88 yard touchdown drive in a minute and tied it up 14 yard touchdown pass to juan jennings i mean that's killer that's killer, Jimmy. And we we know that his thumb is killing him. He said that all week. Like, they've asked him, oh, is it painful? And he says, yeah, it can hurts. Um, yes, I <clears throat> like to edit myself. So really, really, like, impressive here. And I think we've, like, seen this a couple times from Jimmy G, just, like, grit in the moments where we need it from him. Um, so I feel bad. I feel like Jimmy G gets a bad rap in a lot of ways and for understandable maybe off-the-field things occasionally. But in general, like, I feel like people give Jimmy G too hard of a time. I do. Um, and for those who said, oh, well, he looked terrible in the first half. Like, my God, the guy was barely practicing for the last two weeks and it showed. Sure. How would you look? Um, I'm just like defending everyone out here. Justin Herbert deserved better. Jimmy G, please be nice to him. Uh, no, they're doing fine. They're NFL quarterbacks. But let's talk about their surrounding cast here. Jawan Jennings, six catches for 95, 94 yards and two touchdowns. Brandon Ayuk, six catches for 107 yards. And Debo Samuel. Did I or did I not say this guy was going to have a big game? I did. In case you missed it, go back to that episode. I said Debo Samuel was going to go off in this game, and he did. He had four catches for 95 yards, plus eight runs for 45 yards and a rushing touchdown, plus he threw a 16-yard touchdown pass. Huge game. I mean, just he's literally the triple threat. And you can't really point to a lot of players in the league who can do what Debo Samuel can do. So... Go Debo. Go Debo. I wish I had bet some props on him. I like don't know why I didn't do that. That's because I usually don't bet props because it's a lot. It's another step of research that I have to get into. And sometimes I just don't have the time. And frankly, the NFL has not been giving me the returns that the NBA has. So you put your energy where it is best serving you. Okay. Namaste. The Rams. Let's talk about Matt Stafford. Okay. Okay. Uh, 238 passing yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's like you can, you can, is there anything more consistent than Matt Stafford throwing interceptions at this point? Eight total in the last four weeks, 13 total in the last eight weeks, and only six games this season out of those 17 with zero. That's a bad trend, my guy. That's a bad trend. Um, 49ers, as I mentioned, Jimmy G, 23 of 32. Uh, so actually more completions. 316 pass yards. How are you going to get outpassed by Jimmy G? With a torn thumb. One touchdown. Debo threw another one. Uh, and two interceptions for him as well. And the 49ers defense, which is yet another reason to have taken the point to the 49ers this week. They held the Rams to 64 net rushing yards. 
that's where I think the Rams are really lacking as well. That's something they need to figure out for next year um, is getting that, that rush offense kind of going. I don't remember the last time it being very, very successful before Todd Gurley, right? Was Todd Gurley the last time this Rams rush offense was really successful? I don't know. Um, but give Cooper Cup his flowers, 118 receiving yards. He did not break that record that we talked about, but it was still, you know, in 17 games, it would have the little asterisk, and he still had an incredible season. So flowers for Cooper Cup, as always. Um, that is my A-lister of this. We need to bring the A-list back. I used to do like an A-list, D-list on this show, and it pops up occasionally, but I think it's because I like to keep things like clean and be like, this is the Ram section, this is the Charger section. But... A-list Cooper Cup and A-lister number one, Russell Crowe of it all. I don't know if that's a compliment or not anymore. Justin Herbert, of course. Um, those are the A-listers this week for sure. And by the way, D-list, and only because I expected so much more, the Rams defense, especially the secondary. They allowed 316 passing yards from Jimmy G. And it's not going to cut it. And playoffs are here. So ship shape. Let's go. Um, also... Something we talked about last week, and by we, I always mean <laughs> me by myself. Um, the underdog was 5-0 and ATS in the last five, while the under was 4-1. and This is a good example of trends not being predictive, right? Because the underdog cashes yet again. The 49ers were the underdog here. But the over hit in this, and it hit before overtime. So don't act like overtime killed your total. Um, so good, good example of how trends are fun, but they're not predictive necessarily. Mm, also, shout out 49ers defense. They held the Rams to 2.4 yards per carry, too. What? Yeah. Um, what's next? What is next, indeed? Uh, the NFC number 60, 49ers, heading to Dallas to face Dak Prescott and the Cowboys, who I also think are fraudulent. I don't care. I don't care. Come at me. I don't care. Please don't. Actually, I'm very fragile. Um, but <laughs> they're headed to Dallas to face the Cowboys in the wild card round 1:30 p.m pacific time on sunday january 16th that one's going to air on cbs um so that's what the 49ers have coming up and monday again another monday night showdown cardinals versus the fourth seeded rams 5 15 p.m pacific time i don't know if i can survive another one we've already seen two of these oh mm. It's going to be good football, we hope. Coming up, NBA action, Lakers, Clippers, you know I want to talk about it. That's next on the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. Looking for a hot tip to bet on? Check out the new match tips at Bet River Sportsbook. The new tips feature gives you special insights on player props and match bets for the top tips of the day. Go to Bet Rivers before the game, find your match, and tap the tips icon to see independent research on recent team and player performance. Bet with confidence. Visit the Bet Rivers mobile app or go to betrivers.com and get the top tips of the day. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Playable only in states where Bet Rivers is licensed and in New Jersey at Play Sugar House. Welcome back into the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. I'm your host, Danielle Avari. Time to get into the NBA little bit of NBA. Before we do that, I meant to say at the top of the show, this is not related to anybody but me, but I felt like I needed to acknowledge it. It's my mom's birthday today. So if you have a mom, then please go text her and tell her you love her and just, you know, give her all the lovies because I don't know. I love my mom and I just think moms are the best. So happy birthday to my mom uh, today. And 
if you don't still have a mom right now, that's okay. My mom is one of those moms who could be moms to everyone. So you are officially one of her children. Uh, let's talk NBA now. Clippers, as I mentioned earlier, they're 12 to one to win the West right now. I believe 22 to one to win the national, not national, the NBA championship. I got the college football championship on the brain. Obviously that's going on on Monday. One more diversion. We haven't talked about this at all. It's not LA related necessarily because first of all, it's football related. Why would football be a big deal in LA? I mean, come on. Uh, but I did put money on Alabama money line because I'm basic like that. I didn't want to do a lot of research and I decided that I was going to bet on Nick Saban. So I got him at plus 115. Roll tide, I guess. Anyways, Clippers. Nuggets at Clippers is on Tuesday. The Clippers just beat the Hawks on Sunday. Um, so that's their last action. Right? Yeah. Clippers just beat the Hawks 106 to 93. Uh, so they're now 20 and 21 on their way to being above 500. How about that? Uh, Nuggets, meanwhile, who they're going to see on Tuesday, they just beat the Thunder 99 to 95. I hate when they just missed the 100. That's annoying. 99-95 on Sunday. They are now 20-18. and 18. A very middle-y team for me, actually, are the Nuggets right now, at least as far as their stats are considered. Uh, these two teams have played, though. Last time they played, the Clippers lost 103-100, to 100, but they covered because they were three-and-a-half-point dogs. So thank you for the hook, that half point. Um, Nuggets four and seven ATS in their last 11 Clippers five and five ATS in their last 10. So nobody's doing great at covering lately. Uh, but there is a team that I think will have a slight edge here and it all depends on who's actually playing right in this day and age, in this time period of sports. I always like to look at the COVID or the injury list, health and safety protocols, whatever, what have you, especially because the protocols have changed. It seems like in the last couple of weeks. So there's new rules. Um, but for the Clippers, Luke Kennard and Winslow, actually, both health and safety protocols. Kennard going to be pretty big piece for them to get back eventually here. Uh, so keep an eye on that one. And then Hartenstein missed Sunday's game versus the Hawks as well, dealing with some kind of ankle issue. So make sure you get that update before you place any wagers on this one. Um, the Nuggets, not really missing anything too critical as far as role players go. Um, but when you look at these, like I said, number by number, the... Nuggets are 17th in the efficiency differential. Again, efficiency differential just takes the team's points scored per possession uh, and subtracts their points allowed per possession. So are you coming away with more points than you are giving up? Fun. Um, so 17th in the efficiency differential and 18th in the efficiency differential for the Clippers. So like boom and boom, right? Um, the Nuggets offense, 17th in points per 100 possessions, uh, and the Clippers offense, 26 in points per 100 possessions. It's been kind of wavering back and forth. I think it got down to 24th at one point, back up to 26. Still just nothing to write home about. Closer to last than anything. Um, so Nuggets offense, obviously a little bit more going on there. They're 7th in effective field goal percentage as well, which is great. Great shooting team. And then the Clippers on the other side are 19th in effective field goal percentage. So what does it all mean? The Nuggets are going to be the stronger offensive team. That's pretty much any team that comes up against this Clippers team. But let's talk about the Clippers defense that I love to talk about. Fourth in opponents points per 100 possessions. And they're fourth in opponents effective field goal percentage. So even though the Nuggets offense is seventh in effective field goal percentage, the Clippers are very good at limiting other teams. Um, Nuggets defense... 
really middly 15th in opponents points per 100 possessions and 21st in opponents effective field goal percentage so with that in mind Clippers, what they like to do, usually shoot the three ball more than the average team. So that's going to affect their effective field goal percentage, obviously. And the Nuggets are such a middle defense and the Clippers are such a strong defense that I would love to bet an under in this game. Now, not knowing that the number is right at this moment, because this game is on Tuesday and you're probably listening to this on a Monday. And if so, I hope it's going great. I hope it's a great Monday. Um, but this under has hit seven times in the last nine games for the Nuggets. So only two of those that hit the over. Um, and those were in games where the over, where the total was a very high number, like 222 or higher, I believe. So in the games that were expected to be very high scoring and had higher totals than the other games, those ones did go over. But if this is around like 220-ish or lower, which the Clippers games often have been lately. I mean, we've even seen them as low as 203, I think, 208. Um, I'd like to bet the under on this one. I would. Now, that said, it's easy to find a trend to support your claim always. You can always find information to support the side you want to support. Um, that's true of sports betting and it's true of politics. So, I don't know why I said that. We're not a political show here, but it's true. Four overs in the last six games for the Clippers. Those are mostly, though, this is why I'll put a little asterisk on it, against very good offensive teams. And I'm by very good, I'm talking top 10, even top eight or better offensive teams. Um, we're talking about the Nets. We're talking about the Suns, that kind of thing. And the Nuggets are not, not that. So, yeah. And matchup-wise, matchup the Clippers may struggle uh, with, you know, the Nuggets bigs a little bit, I guess. Um, but not enough for me to want to change anything the way I'm looking at this game. So <clears throat> I like an under, I think the Clippers defense will do its thing again. They're, if anything, they've gotten some players back. They were really, really plagued by injuries and COVID and they still are dealing with that. Obviously Paul George is still out, um, with his elbow issue. And are we ever going to see Kawhi Leonard this season? That is the million dollar question. Um, but they have recovered some players, so that's that's been huge for them. And so I think they're going to get back into their swing here. It's interesting seeing like whose night it's going to be offensively because they kind of are like a rotating cast. It's like Marcus Morris Sr. or is it going to be Reggie Jackson? Um, but all in all, I think we're going to see a low-scoring game. I do think that if there's a side that's going to cover the spread, I would lean Nuggets, not even knowing what it is, which is... <laughs> Telling you a lot, you know, you'd like to have a little bit more analysis on that. Um, but of course, as always, follow me on Twitter at Danielle Avari and also follow our NBA senior analyst at me, JVT, um, from VSIN because he is great about tweeting out when there's updates or things like that of that nature. Um, so, two great follows she said about herself. So, <laughs> um, I'll let you know if I'm actually going to be playing this, depending on what the number is, but I think this is an under bet for me. Um, and it's interesting because there was a riot, there was a run here where the Clippers were hitting a ton of unders. And like I said, four overs in the last six for them, but again, against really good offensive teams. And also when they were having a lot of people out, a lot of people, and they've gotten a lot of those players back. So I think this should kind of tighten up and the ship should be righted if you will. Um, as for the Lakers, let's talk about them real quick. They also played Sunday Grizzlies at the Lakers. And I want to talk about this one because I bet on it. Of course, I have been betting every Lakers game. I swear if I forget one's on, I'm like ah, kicking myself because it's like giving away free money. I'm just kidding. 
but it does feel like that. Uh, the Lakers were three and a half point favorites in this game. Total sat at 225 and a half. They lose 127 to 119. Over hits, no shock there. But I don't care because I won again, betting the Lakers when they're down again. Lots of agains here. You'll notice the trend. Betting LA Live. Talked about this. It's all about LA Live. I don't know if you guys have been to formerly known as Staples Center, Crypto.com Arena, but right across the street is LA Live. And it's, I don't want to say it's really fun. It's not. There's restaurants and stuff. But that is the play right now for me. It's all Lakers, all live. Um, I haven't bet against them live at all. I just wait until they fall behind. Like, for example, the Grizzlies are shooting, like, this was third or fourth quarter. Uh, Grizzlies were shooting around, like, near almost 60%. 60% at one point. You know, I think they finished shooting 55% for the game. Um, so a little bit of regression there, but, like, great, great shooting by them. Oh, my God. How much do you love Ja Morant, by the way? Mm, up and coming. Up and cunning star here. But the Grizzlies were shooting so well. They were up by 22. There was going to be some regression in there, of course. I didn't expect them to keep shooting at 60 and more importantly, I knew that LeBron was going to do his fourth quarter thing and just kind of mm, come back. This was the third quarter, I'm now remembering. Uh, but when I got in, the Grizzlies were up by 22. Their biggest lead of the game was 29, so I bet you could have got an even bigger number, but you wouldn't have needed it. So anyways, I grabbed the Lakers plus 19 and a half, and this was the most sketchy of the ones that <clears throat> I've played so far. I think the last time I had the Lakers was plus three and a half. Uh, versus, da, 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 da. I didn't even write it down. See, that's how much it didn't matter who they were playing. Uh, but the last time I bet the Lakers uh, live line, I had them plus three and a half. And so I don't normally take something with this big of a spread, but the Lakers, I will. You're going to give me almost 20 points with LeBron James on the court. Uh, he finished with 35 freaking points. He was out. Th this was a LeBron game. Like he was doing everything himself and it was very apparent. Malik Monk only had seven points and Russell Westbrook had six. I think the next closest person to LeBron had 19. Um, so yeah, I trusted LeBron with my bet and he hasn't steered me wrong. Uh, so Lakers plus 19 and a half. Worked out great. As I said, they only lost by eight, uh, so you didn't even need that many points. But those are the kind of things that you can get right now. And it's interesting. I didn't expect the Lakers to come back and win. Notice I didn't take the money line on them, which would have been really fun, but would have lost. Um, but it's just kind of like finding those rhythms of the game and <laughs> talking about this like, oh, yeah, this is so easy to do. It's not. Live betting is actually very difficult to get a good number. But for whatever reason, um, the Lakers have been really successful. They go down, they come back up. Um, so that's a fun trend. It's a fun train to jump on if you guys are interested. Next up, if you want to try it out, Lakers at the Kings on Wednesday. Yeah. I'm really excited. I know football season's coming to an end, but NBA is very fun to handicap. I wish there was more college basketball to handicap. It's made that much more difficult by COVID, even more so than the professional leagues. Um, but my goodness, I hope we have March Madness. I hope it's not, um, I hope it's the right kind of madness and it's not, um, covered in red tape, if you will. Yeah. A girl can dream. But thank you so much for listening to the Los Angeles CityCast. Again, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. We love the people over at Bet Rivers. Remember, there's new shows three times a week for this one, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Please, as always, if you don't mind, leave a rating for the pod or, you know, don't. Just listen. I appreciate you guys listening. Um, or download the pod. That's too. If you don't want to listen to it now, listen to it later. That kind of thing. And feel free to tweet at me, as always, at Danielle Avari. 
I love interacting with you guys on Twitter, so I appreciate you. And I'll be back, whether you like it or not, for more fun and games on Wednesday. So please come on back for more of the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare